Welcome, everyone, to episode two of Devils in the Podcast. We are the Devils, and we are a production of the Devils in the Detail reviewing group. And the Devils have been released for your auditory pleasure. Of course, I am Gadget Guy. I am the host and great news collector. Then we have Overlord Manos, server owner of Discord and Steam Curator Group. Hi, hi. And Mr. TFX, community manager. Hello. Thanks for having me. Glad to have you. Thanks for being here. How is it going for everyone? How's life? Uh, I'll start. Um, it's looking good. I mean, I just woke up. It's it's a weekend. So weekends are always great. Yeah. I'm in a good mood. Definitely. How about you, Menos? Um, yeah, I'm doing good as well. I can't complain. Great to hear. Great to hear. So before we get into the future, first we have to take a look at the past. What has everyone been playing this week? How about you start, Menos? Yeah, um, lately I've been in a bit of a Star Wars mood. Um, so I've gone back into uh, Knights of the Old Republic. I had to mod it because uh, it didn't support my resolution and it kind of looked a bit crappy. And I'm, I'm not a sucker for graphics, but um, I put in a good chunk of time modding it so that it looks fairly decent, actually. I've also downloaded um, The Force Unleashed, which I hear is a very bad PC port. But I played it on the PS3 back in the day, and it has this amazing gameplay and decent story. So I'm looking forward to get back into that as well. And yeah, yeah, I'll see what the future brings. More Star Wars games on the horizon. Yeah, Star Wars The Force Unleashed is really good, at least the first one. I know that the second one is apparently worse, but the first one was really enjoyable, and it was really cool to sort of see the uh, apprentice interaction with Darth Vader before, you know, uh, Clone Wars came out with Ashoka. Also, we have the online MMO Star Wars The Old Republic on Steam now, which yeah, I personally exactly. downloaded, but not played yet. Same. What about you, TFX? What have you been playing? Uh, let's see. Monday, I played Death Stranding. And Tuesday, I also played Death Stranding. <laughs> it's a lot of Death Stranding. And Wednesday, uh, I'm not sure, Death Wednesday. Oh, yeah, Death Stranding. Uh, yeah, pretty much this week. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, how far would you say you are in the game? Well, I've played like 70 hours, and according to how long you can beat on YouTube, 60%. Wow. Oh, wow. Goodness gracious. I've been doing the extra stuff. I'm trying to oh. ace it, get all the achievements. Oh, uh, 100%ing, yeah. I see, I see. But man. Well, that's a lot of worth for your, for your money. Definitely, yeah. I mean, geez. It's not just that. The gameplay is unique in a way, you know? Yeah. It's not like other games like Far Cry or Assassin's Creed where you just go one zone, kill everyone, then you capture the zone. It's different, but on the other hand, I can see why people don't like it or like see it as boring. But I'm like it. Yeah, it's very mixed reputations, right? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, indeed. But like, I wouldn't say it's like a 10 out of 10, though. Yeah, I mean... Probably like either seven, but not definitely not ten out of ten. Yeah, so it's it's like one of those love or hate games where it sort of like gets a cult following, um, but it's really not for the general audience. Exactly, and you have to role play a little bit. You know, there are some mm-hmm. yeah. cringy and like awkward stuff happening in the story. So <laughs> you have you have to role play. Like, yeah, there's some scenes going on that it's not logical, but you will see. You know I mean, you'll see. Okay. That oh. almost sounds like it's a game made by Kojima. 
definitely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so what I've been playing this week is I've been playing uh, Griftlands. Uh, that is a roguelike made by Cly. And interesting enough, uh, it's a card battler, but it has two decks. Its main claim to fame. Simultaneously? Yeah, yeah. Well, kind of. Uh, so you have two decks. Uh, one of them is just a straight-up battle deck. I mean, everyone pretty much who's ever played a card battler will know what that kind of looks like. But then you've got this interesting like negotiation deck where uh, the only way I can really describe it is you can like create little drone arguments which will send attacks or have special effects. And you, of course still want to try and prevent your personal argument from being destroyed but the gameplay is just a whole lot different and allies don't necessarily come into play as much as they do in battle they just give you kind of like a buff that can be destroyed instead of like battle where they're doing bonus damage but oh man one of the one of the hardest fights had to be uh, a negotiation with uh, a wealthy slash sort of corrupt businessman and every negotiation like every turn i would get a, a card to do damage but i had to pay actual like in-game money for it so i had to try not to die but i also had to pay some money to make sure that i could actually deal some damage to him sometimes so it's pay to win in a way. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, I mean, it's not like in-game currency where you have to pay. It's like, you know, you get it, like, slay the spire gold, but it's still, like, wow. Like, it, and all, yeah. So so that, that negotiation deck, is that, like, I don't know, is it, like, your support class in an RPG? Like, it buffs you, it debuffs the enemy, or what is it? Uh, so generally, a lot of situations will have either you can negotiate or you can fight. Oh, I see. Negotiations are kind of interesting in the fact that you can either... Like, if you have lower HP, it's okay. If you get the right cards and have the right strategy, you can still beat someone with, like, three times the HP. Or at least I beat someone with twice as much HP. But also, specifically, the game focuses a lot on relationships. And negotiations generally will leave people with a pretty neutral um, relationship unless your negotiation is specifically about, like, putting someone in jail. I see. Because one of the whole points of the game is that sort of like artifacts in, like, Slay the Spire, relationships each have two steps in terms of liking or disliking. And um, if you get someone to love you, which is the highest level of liking they give you like a buff for the entire run but if you say like kill their best friend they'll hate you and that gives pretty much every enemy you encounter uh, a buff against you oh that's interesting so it's definitely there on my on my review list as it's it's really unique and you know i really love cly because of their really you know unique games that they create yeah i'm looking forward to that review uh i know that was a bit of a tangent and a little bit long but i just thought it was you know it was really unique and i just thought it'd be fun to explain it next up would be the review roundup we've got a negative review from spobbles it's beyond a steel sky uh he said that it was an enjoyable game with a good story uh, and a great successor to the original but it's currently in such a buggy state that you really shouldn't purchase it at the moment uh does anyone have any comments tfx Man, what a shame. I was looking forward for this one. 
especially because this is uh, like a remake from the 1997 game. So it's, it's on my wish list now, but after hearing what Spaw say about it, uh, I don't know. Damn, what a shame. Yeah, it really is. Although I do have to say, I know someone who was playing the original game, and man, did it suffer from moon logic. And in case you don't know what that is, moon logic is basically when an adventure game, specifically point and clicks, have you do a set of actions that make absolutely no sense. Like putting a banana into like a garbage disposal to clog it. Like, how would you know that would clog it? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. <laughs> Yeah, those are the worst. Yeah, definitely. That's that's sort of why I I generally try to avoid point and clicks because I I don't enjoy Moon Logic. It just feels like the dev sometimes doesn't know how to put in a proper puzzle for that particular environment. So instead, they just rely on uh, trial and error by the player. Yeah, I have a similar stance on point and click adventures. It's Basically, you're scanning the whole screen with your mouse uh, looking for the cursor to change so that you know that you found something that's interactable. And um, it's not really challenging in a, in terms of logic, but it's just trial and error, like you said. And that's not something I consider fun. Yeah, yeah I understand. I mean, I like point-and-click games, but when you're desperate, you're just going to pixel hunt. Like, yeah, that's a good word for time. it. Yeah, pixel hunting. Exactly. Well, it's it's really a pity. I have mixed feelings on them because um, point and clicks, much like say visual novels, have uh, a lot of potential for telling the best possible stories. But like I said, the gameplay is what makes it a bit unbearable for me sometimes. Yeah, I think that's one of the reasons that like that uh, newish game of the year game, Disco Elysium, from what I heard, got right instead of pixel hunting it sort of made it a point and click but in the style of an rpg which allows you know still some puzzles but mostly like dialogue based puzzles which require clues instead of just sticking banana in hole yeah exactly i've I've heard so many good things about that game i definitely need to give it a go yeah same here uh next up (laughs) it's been a bit of a negative week in terms of reviews very the plague kingdom wars is something i reviewed it's an attempt at a grand strategy game, and I just think that your money is spent better elsewhere because it doesn't really do anything new. In fact, it feels a little too simplistic at times. And also, you know, there's just not a lot of like character to it. It just feels very bland. And you know, finally, it's it's a lot of recycled stuff from the devs previous uh, games this particular developer sort of has a, a running reputation these days for kind of doing badly on a game and then saying it's finished and then sort of trying out a different strategy genre except with similar mechanics and reused uh, assets oh i see yeah it's really unfortunate tfx what are your thoughts on that your strategy guy uh, is it like a Total War? Yeah, it's or... sort of like a Total War, but it's also trying to be like a Europa Universalis on the overworld. And I think it just kind of fails at both. Oh, damn. That, I mean, that's a shame. Definitely, that's a shame. Definitely. Uh, next up is another awesome review from our friendly neighborhood Spobbles. Uh, he played a game called Seven Doors. He despised it greatly. Uh, he said it costs $10 for full price, and he got about an hour of gameplay, 
And it, his review was so scathing that in the review, he said that the game was so simplistic, it could have been a G, uh, Gary's mod map. I mean, rightfully so. This <laughs> is mean, one hour game. Yeah. Yeah, go ahead first, Manos. Yeah, I, I read that and it was kind of hilarious, especially since uh, Spobos is doing some 3D art uh, on his own. And it uh, really stuck out to him that they recycled or stole assets from other games. And not even just from asset stores, but also from AAA games like Skyrim, I think. Yeah, that, that's got to be a little embarrassing. Yeah. What about UTFX? What are your thoughts on that? I mean, it's like a $10 game for just a one-hour game for just $10. It just almost <laughs> yeah. a rip-off. Especially the puzzles are easy. Yeah, I mean, yeah. That's... Definitely. Amazing. I... uh. I know I sometimes get a little too, what can I say, specific in the amount of playtime I want in games. Like if I'm spending a lot of money on a game, I want specifically at least one hour per dollar I've spent. And, you know, sometimes that's not always like good because there are some games that are just shorter, but also amazing experiences. But I definitely do not think the price to content ratio on this particular game is... uh, is worthwhile looking into definitely Alrighty. now that we've gotten through our weekly roundup here comes the news that has just recently appeared in the last week so unlike ubisoft's assassin's creed odyssey game where you could pick a a cassandra or alexios the male or female lead to play as Apparently, Ivor, the protagonist in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, is going to be able to be gender-swapped whenever you feel like it. What are your thoughts, Manos? Um, I don't think it's the smartest move to make, because I'm not against the protagonist either being female or male. I I think it's good to have the option. I think it was also good to have the option to be homosexual or bisexual or heterosexual, whichever way you wanted to play. But switching on demand means that it basically takes a bit of depth out of the character, I think, because you can't do things that are exclusive to females and you can't do things that are exclusive to males. So it's going to be at least what I expect. It's going to be a bit shallow in that regard. So I think it's the wrong kind of pandering. They should have given the option to pick your gender or your sex at the beginning of the game. Um, But switching on the fly, I don't know. I just think that uh, makes the experience a bit worse. Yeah, I know that unlike um, Assassin's Creed Odyssey, there's going to be re- no real story difference. But I did enjoy the minor story differences between Alexios and Cassandra in Odyssey. Exactly. Um, which, yeah. What about TFX? Have you played Odyssey? And what are your thoughts on the matter? I mean, um, first of all, I never played Odyssey. I'm just waiting for it when I get like a good pc yeah. for it because every time i play it my love just gets like 80 celsius hot oh wow. geez so i'm patient i'll wait for a good yeah. pc but as for the discussion adding to what man said i think it's gonna be like version breaking you can switch at will i mean it doesn't feel like you'll be immersed in the world i mean some pe- some games did it way better than that like dark souls 2 mm where you have to go to this casket, if I remember correctly, and you can just change the gender, but only once. Oh, though. yeah. I, yeah, I can kind of understand that one. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just like a joke. Or or just like, you know, 
you're playing as a guy or a girl and you're sort of like, you know, honestly, I don't really enjoy this particular playthrough and I want to change it to the other gender, but you know, once you once you change it, you're uh you're stuck with it. So you actually need to make a decision. Also <laughs> Oh, what's up TFX? Oh nothing. Just laughing. Oh, okay. <laughs> Uh, also, that sort of segues into our next topic, how it turns out uh, Ubisoft executives pressured the Odyssey devs into making both the genders playable. Initially, the story was supposed to be only from Cassandra's perspective, and Alexios was supposed to be like the main antagonist, but they made it so that you could swap it around. What are your thoughts, Manos? That's interesting. I, I wasn't aware of that. I'm not following Assassin's Creed news in particular that much, but I think that confirms the suspicion I had in regards to Valhalla that um, it's basically more political than narrative uh, in nature, why they're doing it. So, um, yeah, I think basing your your decisions you make in for a game um, for the story in, in particular on politics and on current politics especially um, never a good move. I mean, I'm I'm glad it it worked out in uh, Odyssey. Although I heard some mixed opinions about the DLC. Someone uh, I was listening to on on a different podcast uh, was complaining that her character was as actually lesbian, and she was very happy that she could do that because she's she's a lesbian in real life. But then the DLC kind of forced her to start a relationship with a man so that she can have an offspring and all that and it was immersion breaking for her yes yes i remember playing that that one was a little strange and was not well received the second one was pretty good the first one you know not not very impressive uh yeah and i mean honestly i wouldn't have mind playing a girl uh you know as long as the gameplay and the story are good it's just kind of odd that like i understand that some people find it a better immersion if they are playing a specific gender but i personally just find the actual story of the character to be more engaging because you know i i like to learn their story and sort of like quote unquote become them like what happens when you read a good book yeah exactly and i mean uh, it's not like we have the choice in a tomb raider game for example i mean playing as a male character in a tomb raider game um isn't something i want uh, especially but I definitely identify as a male, so it doesn't matter that much. It's like if you're watching a movie, you can choose who the protagonist is, and you're just immersing yourself in that story anyway. So forcing it, again, not a good move in my opinion. And there are different genres like RPGs, MMORPGs especially, where you can craft your own character, where it makes a lot of sense. And then there are these narrative experiences where the entire dialogue is written out and it doesn't make too much sense in those games i think yeah i think it just comes down to you know when it especially with AAA, uh sometimes the developers forget that the game doesn't have to appeal to everyone i mean i understand sales wise they definitely want it to appeal to everyone but you know sometimes the narrative just won't click with people and some pe- particular people like death stranding and that's okay what do you think about this TFX? Since I haven't heard from you yet, I mean, I've, I mean, again, I never played Odyssey, but I know that Cassandra is people loved Cassandra more than Alexius. Yeah, correct. From what especially I've seen. because of her voice recording, I've, if uh, I've heard that people say that Alexios sort of felt tacked on, 
and that his voice uh, acting quality was not nearly as high as Cassandra's if you picked her to play as the protagonist. I mean, that's like a ball, like a risky decision that Ubisoft made at the very end. Yeah, it, it was definitely a bit of a risk, and uh, it worked out. But I don't know. Yeah, it, I would I would have been okay with you know playing someone who is not a guy or something like that. Like we play as aliens all the time, uh, like them with like Star Wars games and Mass Effect games. So I, I don't think uh, it's that big of a deal. Yeah, true. Also, adding to what Manus said, I mean, to be fair, all Ubisoft DLCs are bad. Yeah, <laughs> they always yeah, they, they certainly do have a reputation for that. I'm unfortunately. Uh, next up, like never buy a season pass from Ubisoft games. Never, unless it's on a great sale. Yeah, sure, but not launched. I'd say unless the content for the season pass has already been released, never buy it in advance. But that's my policy on season passes in general. I don't buy season passes unless the content is out and I know what I'm getting. So basically you're saying never pre-order? Um, not necessarily. <laughs> not necessarily. There are certain developers and publishers I still trust and from whom I would still pre-order the games. But uh, season passes never. That's where I draw the line. And I don't pre-order a lot of stuff because I don't trust most publishers. Yeah publishers less so than developers but um, in the end the big corporations who put their money in have the final say over the developers so yeah don't trust most of them um, things I would pre-order are some Sony exclusives like the next God of War I'm definitely going to pre-order um, that Miles Morales Spider-Man game I'm definitely going to pre-order but yeah most games not and season passes definitely never yeah I can understand that one they won't be cheaper. Makes sense. Yeah, that's true. Like so usually, season passes when they come out will have like a ten, fifteen percent sort of discount. But then once all the content is out, usually it drops to like fifty percent real fast because you know all the all the content's yeah. out and there's not that wow factor anymore. So yeah, you can wait yeah. till the end. There's no rush. Season Definitely. passes. Uh, so next up, there was a slight bit of a leak. Uh, someone hacked an app on an Xbox that they found called the Red Door. And when it was cracked open, they got a screen that said Call of Duty Black Ops CIA. I, I brought this up more because I enjoy seeing the ingenuity of people than I am excited for another Call of Duty game personally. But uh, TFX, what's your thought on you know the whole opening up secrets? Actually, it's the first time I've heard of it. I'm here with it. Really? It's Call yeah, of Duty? Um, yeah, the Red Door, someone managed to get past that error message. It shows like a home screen, like when you get Dark Souls and it says, press any key to continue. Except that, you know, the title screen says Call of Duty Black Ops CIA. Damn. Oh, I mean, they, it's been said that it's going to be like another Call of Duty game. Let's Black I know, Ops that's CIA. Me, like, it makes me wonder if they're going to go a more realistic route again, because I know that Black Ops there for a little bit was going sort of futuristic. I believe that's the Call of Duty that was going futuristic with like jetpacks and stuff. And uh, yeah, it's it wasn't a super popular choice. I mean, I love the Black Ops series from the Call of Duty. 
I mean, the first Black Ops story is amazing. The second one was great, but not as good as the first one. Three was awful. Train go boom. <laughs> Black Ops 4, yeah, no story. So I'm hoping for this one to have like a, at least as good as Black Ops. I mean, as the recent Modern Warfare game. Yeah, I mean, the- it doesn't have to be great, but at least be as good as Modern Warfare. Yeah, and the story kind of was what really carried it a lot. You know, when the series was first younger, I remember uh, Call of Duty World at War was really, really popular because the story was so good and gritty and realistic. And memorable, especially the mission where you have to go between enemy lines with Captain Riznov. That was a great mission. Yeah, so maybe maybe they're going to try and make another one of those. Let's cross our fingers and... Hope that Call of Duty can become good again. I mean, hopefully, I'm I'm rooting for them that they, they're gonna make it like a good story. Please, we need those good de- those old days back. Yeah, that's a I agree. I hate that trend that developers claim that uh, single player experiences aren't what people uh, buy games for anymore. Because speak for yourself, I buy it mainly for that. Same here. Same here. <laughs> yeah. Though it doesn't mean I don't enjoy an occasional multiplayer experience. Yeah, it depends yeah. on the game, of course, and depends on the company as well. I'd say I, I just, in general, don't enjoy games with randos, and no matter what the genre is. Yeah, it is quite a bit better with friends. Uh, yeah. Here's the game. Oh, go ahead, TFX. Yeah, just saying. Yeah, agree with Manos. So here's the game that started out terrible and has start- subsequently gotten quite a bit better with updates. Uh, no Man's Sky just released a desolation update. And in this update, they basically improved combat while also creating uh, procedurally generated combat missions on giant abandoned space freighters. What do you think, TFX? Have you ever played this game? I played it like I have like 30 hours on record with my brother. So we play usually co-op. But last time I played it was like three months ago or more because I think we experienced pretty much everything the game has to offer. Except yeah. for the uh, the buildings where it build like houses or safe house. I forgot exactly, but I mean, I'm probably gonna pick it up again, see how it goes. The game reminds me of like a horror game, which I go. It is very similar to a horror game I played some time ago. Could that game be Dead Space? The name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> First time I saw it. First time I saw the thumbnail, I was like, oh shit. It's before. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seemed to be positively received, uh, especially because it provides permanent boosts to your freighter and your little personal ship. I mean, especially because it makes more sense. And because right before the trail dropped, where you have you have to go to those abandoned space shuttles or space. I mean, space stations. And we go inside, just completely empty. Just one big aircraft carrier, and there's like two rooms, and that's pretty much it. Yeah. I mean, there's nothing to explore there, but now adding this is going to be great. Yeah, I definitely hope so, because I think it just adds to the longevity of the game. And I'm I'm happy that they are willing to spend, you know, these last like three years, I think it's been, um, you know, just making it an actually decent product. You know, sometimes developers, especially early access ones, so this wasn't early access, will pick up a game and and throw it out there 
maybe they'll get a few patches, but the game's the game. But, you know, Hello Games really stepped up and was willing to sort of put the money where their mouth is and continue to support it into an actually good game. Yeah, I mean, they went through hell. <laughs> yeah, although they, they did kind of put themselves there, honestly. What do you think, Menos? Yeah, if, um, again, a bit mixed feelings about that because um, the game is very ambitious and um, I've, I've played it very briefly uh, close to launch and obviously I wasn't blown away. But yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to what they're still doing with it, and it seems to be a much greater experience now. But I'm, I mean, last week we talked about this. Um, I'm all for delaying games in favor of finishing them before putting them out there. So um, I'm not a big fan of this practice of releasing unfinished games and then fixing them post-launch, and I don't want to support that too much. So. <sighs> I'm not too sure about yeah. whether or not I'll get back into it. I'm I'm curious, definitely, but there are so many games these days that just get thrown out there with absolutely zero content in them, and then they think to themselves, well, we'll just fix it post-launch. And yeah, I don't want to support that because I don't want to pay for unfinished games and then hope that they'll not abandon Yeah, it. that's completely understandable. So Anthem, Sea of Thieves, No Man's Sky, all these games, Fallout 76, um, they've shown me that if a game is not finished at launch, then I'll probably never get it, uh, even if it's going to get much, much better. Yeah, I, I guess I'm kind of the opposite. Once the game has sort of proven itself, I do end up supporting the developer sometimes if I'm interested in the game. Yeah, it really depends. I mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, they could have taken the easy route and just release it and don't update it at all, but yeah. they did. And I, I, I respect. Yeah, that. I definitely didn't buy No Man's Sky until it was a cheap and b actually had content. So yeah, fair enough. So yeah. Sixty dollars is still a lot. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I definitely did not pay that. That would be ridiculous. I mean, I enjoy the game, but I definitely still do not think it's worth sixty dollars. Nowhere near. It's too repetitive. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, and, and that's the the sad part because um, with what they announced at first before the game was released, it would have been worth more than sixty dollars actually. So it's still not quite where they I mean, wanted to it to be. Fair, yeah. I mean, to be to be fair, they. The promises that they made are now in the game. Most of them, at least. So yeah, it's still not worth sixty dollars. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. That. Is that pretty? Yeah, pretty much all the all the promises made initially, like multiplayer and stuff, are in the game. And yeah, I, I personally don't think it's worth sixty dollars. So yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> so I I think that even if they had released all their promises, I think people still kind of would have been disappointed. <laughs> Because, yeah, the game gets really repetitive really fast. And if the game had been successful and delivered on all their promises, I don't think we would have gotten this better product, which is sort of unfortunate to say. But, you know, I'm, I'm kind of glad that they ended up not doing wonderfully in the beginning because I think it will end up making a better product in the end. Uh, possible. I don't know. You said that people would have been disappointed either way because it gets repetitive and that would have created its own kind of backlash. So I think they would have had to deliver more content anyway. And I mean, you both said that the the, the things they promised, the, the features they promised were in the game now. Um, but I think only kinda because what they promised was 
an unpredictable experience from start to finish because every planet you land on is uncharted and vastly different from all the others and you can never know what to expect and you might land on a on a gas giant or whatever and everything's completely random and i don't know i that sounds to me like something that doesn't get repetitive that easily <laughs> so i think they only kind of delivered on that like the tangible promises, yes, but the intangible things, not so much. Yeah, I mean, that one was really not something they could realistically deliver. What they instead delivered was sort of like a, a very, very large living universe with like four trillion stars with like their own solar systems. So you get a lot, but you actually can name planets and other people can explore them as well. Mm. And, you know, you can you can document the floor and fauna. So it sort of became like National Geographic, the game, instead of like space horror, the game, mm. you know, because space is dangerous, but instead it sort of became like more focused on just documenting and, and enjoying everything you see. Yeah, it's not uh, boldly go when no man has ever gone before, but it's more like a <laughs> space safari. Yeah, pretty much. That's a good analogy, I'd say. Uh, so... Another sort of interesting update has. I mean, let me add. Oh, excuse me. Let me add one more thing. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, if you want, still want to play something like No Man's Sky or any game similar to it, I recommend Astroneer. It's not as big as No Man's Sky; it's just like seven planets, I think, if I remember correctly. But still has a good amount of content, and I recommend it. Me and yeah. my brother played a lot, and it's really fun. Oh, it think, is very fun. I think I've seen a video of that. Um, it released relatively close to No Man's Sky, I believe, right? Like a year yes. or so yeah. earlier? Yeah, definitely. Early access, yeah. And uh, yeah, it actually did really well for itself. It kind of filled in the hole of No Man's Sky at the time. And it, it did yeah, so exactly. with really fun production lines and just great exploration. Especially like really dangerous exploration because if you run out of resources that don't allow you to have your oxygen tube behind you, it's really scary to try and find it again, especially because there's no like mini map to get your way around. That's awesome. exactly so. I recommend, recommend this game instead of uh, No Man's Sky. Plus, the vehicles are modular and more fun. Like, you can, uh, what I did with one of my friends was the tractor, you can put like a, a drill on the front because it's got a little attachment point, but instead what I decided to do was I put a seat so he was staring at the ground so we could explore together, but it looked really, really stupid because he just he was sitting like parallel to the ground staring at it. And yeah. That sounds didn't really amazing. And that sounds like you could run into a rock to piss him off, basically. Yeah, I believe it actually did have like distraction. So you, you could break the seat off and like just run away if you wanted to be extra mean. Yeah, sounds amazing. <laughs> that actually reminds me a little bit of uh, when Destiny came out and Warframe was the better alternative, basically, and had been around for a while and was free to play. Yeah, plus uh, Astroneer has even still gotten amazing support after its launch because they just added, uh, you know, this wasn't really on the topics, but hey, it's a great game. Uh, they just added automation into the game because one of the big player complaints was basically you have to like craft everything by hand, which, you know, it's a, it's a bit of a pain. But they decided to take player feedback and implement it into an actual like automation a la factorio system. Interesting. 
I'm I mean, I'm still waiting for them to. So how does the how does this work? Uh, like you you decide to build the end product, and if you have all the resources you need for all the different steps, it's gonna just take you from start to finish to there, or do you actually have to set up like uh, different um, lines of work, like in factory? Yeah, yeah, you have to set up lines of work. Basically, they sort of added the. Um... They added auto crafters and the big arms from Factorio. Oh, and so it'll pick up a resource from one place and then drop it in the next place. But you know, you still have to still have to set that up yourself. And what were you saying, TFX? It sounded like you had something good to add. I'm still waiting for them to add oceans. Was that something they had promised? Yeah, according to their uh I think Discords or their posts, they say they're gonna add like twenty like late twenty twenty oceans or like an ocean planet oh that's exciting if i remember correctly yeah i remember yeah. there was a there was a planet i landed on in astroneer which had mostly oceans but it was mainly focused on the small little bases of land oh wait no that's no man's sky what am i saying um <laughs> oops, uh uh astroneer is really good go play it they are still updating even afterwards And when the base game came out, it was actually worth it. It's like, what was it? It was like $25. Yeah, it's actually worth $25. Yeah, worth it. Which is definitely amazing. And what else is amazing is if you are a fan of Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, they have sort of been having a revival lately ever since it came to the US on Netflix. And they partnered with Smite to create three character skins. Uh, Aang is Merlin due to the multiple elements. Cora is Scotty because of her polar bear dog companion. And Zuko is Susano due to his sword style that he shows off when he becomes the blue spirit. That's I'm sorry if that's a spoiler uh, and you haven't gotten there yet. Uh, <laughs> but they also. Oh, I've, I've watched Avatar like, I don't know, four, five, six times by now. Oh, yeah, it's definitely worthwhile. Um, and all these skins also have like alternate, like, powered up looking versions like you get ang and avatar state i just thought to bring it up because uh it's it's actually one of the first crossovers i've been interested in and i think they implemented it in a really interesting way what do you think tfx i mean i watched also avatar like three times I liked pandora and those blue monsters <laughs> wrong avatar <laughs> <laughs> the last airbender one the last airbender one have you ever seen oh, that one okay <laughs> i mean No, never. Yeah, you should definitely give it a I watch. Don't know what man. Definitely worth it. Definitely not the movie, though. Shamatan no. really fucked it up. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Actually, I've seen this. I've seen the movie once it came out in theaters. Yeah, it was. It's not representative <sighs> like of it. it. Yeah, it's not representative. You ignore it and actually watch the good version. <laughs> Yeah, I can I can see why they're doing it because usually when these things happen, it's to promote something. Like in Injustice 2, you had the um, Arrowverse skin for Green Arrow and with the voice of Stephen Amell even, and that was to promote the show logically. And in the same vein, I've heard several months ago, probably half, about half a year ago, that they were doing a new Avatar The Last Airbender show for Netflix. Oh, I would absolutely love that. With the original creators. So that's probably also why Avatar landed on US Netflix now, the original show. So And Korra coming in August. Yeah, wow, great. I'm so happy for that. 
Wow, Carl. Oh, come on. It was good up until kind of the last season, but I do sort of nah, I don't think so. I don't agree. Sorry. Really? See, she's uh, okay. she's such a Mary Sue. I mean, she has mastered all the elements except for one at the very start where Aang had to visit all the different nations to train in all the elements. So, yeah, well, no, I, mean, I don't. It's, it's kind of because the world is a whole lot different. I mean, the nations have all pretty much made peace with one another. Whereas in Avatar, they were all pretty much at each other's neck. Yeah, but the Avatars always went on these spiritual journeys. I mean, in the original show, The Last Airbender, we see some of the memories of... Um, what was he called? Um, the the Fire Avatar? The last oh, yeah. oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, Fire Lord Ozai is... No, that's uh, Fire Lord Ozai is Zuko's dad. Uh, yeah, I know what you're talking about. the The old firebender teacher yeah who was, who was an avatar exactly who was the f the best friend of ozai's father i believe or something like that yeah yeah and was sort of sort of at fault for making the iron uh fire nation what it is yeah a little bit exactly but um my point is that we see him visit the air temples to train there and all that and Korra basically was born with all these gifts and she could control all the elements except for one and in the very first episode when we see the the chibi version of her basic, basically when she was still a little <laughs> kid and she pissed everyone off she was um waving around these three elements and shouting i'm awesome and that was just the beginning of what i consider a very bad show the villain is also I... has questionable motives isn't isn't really good and when he has her in her in her grasp he doesn't take her powers away and I don't know. Uh, so much to complain about with that show, and I've forgotten most of the arguments I have against it, but you can believe me that it's at least a dozen <laughs> arguments I have against that show. I don't really I don't know. It's. I'd say it's not as good as the Avatar original, but I'd say it's still a decent one. Uh, so agree to disagree on that one. We kind of got Definitely. off the topic a little bit. <laughs> But uh, I'm glad I didn't know that they're making a new show for Netflix, and that is pretty exciting and something I would definitely be looking forward to. So a game that is also getting another new update is Blasphemous, the 2D Metroidvania published by Team 17. It is getting pretty much like a free expansion with new bosses and things. And I know we have a review of it, and it was reviewed pretty positively. And I think it was even in the humble choice bundles so i definitely wanted to report on that because it it really showed good support from the developers what do you think tfx i absolutely loved blasphemous i mean it's it's not like dark souls like a 2d dark souls in a way but there's a unique story and unique elements to it that uh makes the game much more better especially the bosses are like so amazing the art style itself is so it amazing. is yeah it's so it's really interesting how they sort of combined like a pixel art but also sort of like a painted graphical style so like it looks like one of those old you know dark age paintings where everything looks sad and evil but it, it it's also you know pixel art yeah exactly and it's also a free dlc right oh yeah yeah it's actually completely free and they're they even took feedback and I guess they made the executions better. I haven't played enough really to get there yet, but the executions were apparently something people complained about, at least for some of the enemies. So they revamped them completely and animated new ones. Ah, oh, that's cool, actually. Yeah. 
yeah, can't wait to play it. I mean, I'm looking forward to it. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it's even got a new antagonist, and I just can't believe it's all free. I mean, when in a time where that would be like five, ten bucks, uh, they're just making it free is honestly really surprising, but uh, you know, a welcome surprise nonetheless. I mean, it's made made by uh, the publisher's Tiny Build, right? No, the public is it Tiny Build? I was unsure. Uh, I thought it was Team Seventeen. I'm sorry, Team Team Seventeen. Yeah, Team Seventeen, like. They're the good guys in the indie scene. Yeah. yeah, I trust them. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Team Seventeen is pretty, pretty great as publishers go. I just have to say that I'm not happy what they're doing to Worms, but that is that's for another day when that game comes out. So I'm just leaving it there. Exactly. I'm leaving it there. For I'm now. gonna wait. Yes. I'm gonna wait until the game comes out, then I'll judge it. But as for now, looking at it, doesn't look good. At all. That's all I was going to say. Yeah. Temtem, the Humble Bundle published Pokemon massively online multiplayer game, just got a huge new update with more Temtems, which are, again, the Pokemon creature equivalents. And a new region, uh, what... I believe. Yes, yes. The new region is where you find the new Pokemon. Have either of you played it? What about you, Menos? Um, I haven't played it yet. I've... Um watched videos read about it i'm on the official temtem server but um so far i didn't have a the space in my backlog and b the the funds to buy it because i had to buy other things <laughs> yeah it but is i'm a really interested expensive. i'm really interested i really want to give it a go yeah it it definitely is interesting um i was in the beta test and not like i really got to play that much because the beta test while the gameplay was fun the servers were really crashy because people really wanted to play in the open beta um yeah i definitely think it's a good game i do think it might be a little expensive though last time i checked it was like 30 40 dollars and yeah exactly from from what i've read considering the amount i mean it's still early access so it's still going to get plenty of updates hopefully but there's just not a lot there to play at the moment, which is sort of unfortunate because I think the the game really has potential. It just really is not putting its best foot forward. Actually, you... thirty eight dollars now. Increase. Oh, price. did they? Wow. Oh, geez. That's yeah, rich. I yeah. That's weird. Yeah, it's a very that? specific amount, and also I just have to say I don't personally think it's worth it yet. I'm still, you know, giving it till it's finished to lay down final judgment but i just i worry because like i said i think it's got a, a cool premise but i'm not sure it's going to stack up to that 40 dollars price tag especially considering like um like dark souls re i know it's the remastered version but that one's like 20 bucks and regularly goes on sale for less so tfx have you played it at all um no not really but i mean from release date i think the, the player base was huge yeah because the, there's a finally a pokemon game on pc <laughs> i mean yeah and especially one it's not like it's the first one on pc like there's nexomon but that one's a, a mobile port so it's actually closer to the original Pokemon games in terms of the visual style, the visual pr presentation, but it has this um, mobile feel to it with huge buttons um, to do your actions and with um, the Pokeball equivalent that is better and helps you to catch the Pokemon better. You can buy that for real money, I believe. So Temtem is definitely the the 
the first exclusive PC Pokemon experience and for now the most the most polished I I would say even if it's not quite there yet and it's still in early access it does look like it has a lot more to offer than say Nexomon although Nexomon Extinction is something I am looking forward to yeah me too uh but yeah especially because um Temtem has you know that massively multiplayer aspect you can run around with your friends and do like double battles and also uh you can see everyone who's on your particular server run around simultaneously yeah i think i think that social aspect is another reason it's as popular as it is yeah exactly and um one thing this latest update kisiwa it's called um Ads is uh, features like chat or clubs, it says on the official server. So, um, yeah, that'll help. They're digging, they're leaning more into that social aspect, I think. Yeah. Now, which is a good direction, I think. Yeah. Uh, So, here's an interesting news story that I was kind of surprised to read. Um, Overcooked is getting a remaster. Except what they're doing is they're adding the two first games together and sort of making an expansion on it. I, I the only time I've ever really heard this happen is like with Pokemon games, where they had like two versions and then they would come out sometimes with like the third version, like Emerald or Platinum, where you can get like all the Pokemon or Yellow or yeah, yeah. But Yellow was a different beast. Yeah, definitely. So I was just kind of surprised that they were making Overcooked All-You-Can-Eat. I mean, it says there's like over 200 plus levels, which is great. But it just seems really weird for people who have bought the first and the second game for them to be like, oh, yeah, here's the third game, but it's actually the first and the second game, but with like 20 new levels. What are your thoughts, TFX? Uh, Well, first of all, I never played Overcooked, but I know it's been released. I mean, it's been like... The humble monthly some time ago. Yeah, I the think first well received too. Yeah, I think I think this will get well received. I'm just unsure if the new content will be worth the additional price tag. What do you think, Minos? Um, yeah, I don't have much to say because I like TFX, never played the games. Um, so um, I honestly don't know. But I I, I agree that it's a weird move to make on their part. Yeah. Definitely a weird move. Although and I it, think Manos, uh, since since we since we had the the topic earlier, it kind of remind reminds me of how the Force Unleashed was handled back in the day when the Ultimate Sith Edition came out. Because back in the day when you bought the original game for the for the PS3, you could buy the first two expansions on top. But then when the Ultimate Sith Edition came out, it had those two expansions and another one that you couldn't buy separately. So if you wanted all the expansions, you had to buy the entire game again. Yeah, that sounds awful. Which feels similar to what they're doing now. So if you already have the first two games, but you want the new content, you have to buy the entire experience again. Yeah, so I was honestly just surprised and a little disappointed. I don't know. I hope it's good. I hope that I'm proven wrong. I am not entirely positive about the the model that they're going for there. I take back what I said about Team 17. <laughs> oh, that's them too. I thought that was uh humble yeah. humble. <laughs> Okay, it's Team 17. <laughs> uh yeah. <laughs> yeah, they're kind of a roller coaster in terms of like reputation and 
post-production, not post-production, but like post-game release support. Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird. Uh, one company that got a lot of praise was the company behind Mortal Shell, a sort of new Souls-like game coming out, who initially was sending out uh, closed beta keys, but people got mad at them, so they were like, whatever, and opened up the game to a full beta. And interesting enough, they got 350,000 people to play the Mortal Shell demo. So hopefully that makes it an even better game. TFX? I mean, I've seen the gameplay. Um, yeah, it's, it has some pretty cool I mean, it's like when you face an enemy, instead of parrying him, you can just freeze and turn into stone. <laughs> so yeah. the enemy just uh, can't kill you in the moment, if I remember correctly. But I mean, just tons the enemy and you just kill them easily. Yeah, and also I mean, the graphics are gra- graphics are, look absolutely great. But the boss battle wasn't it was fine, not not great either. But I mean, I hope they'll fix it at at the end, like once they release it. Well, with the feedback of three hundred and fifty thousand players, hopefully they got some good feedback on the game. Um, one particular news story that did not get very good feedback was uh, Rocket League. That I, that I guess I could, should say it's more of a mixed bag. It wasn't entirely negative. Uh, Rocket League is going free-to-play, which made many players who didn't want to buy it but wanted to try it pretty happy, especially because it has cross-platform support. So like, if you played on your ps4 or xbox one you can bring all that stuff to pc if you've turned more into a pc gamer um but the more negative part of that news is that it will with the next update when it goes free to play it'll be yanked off of steam forever and put on the epic game store mostly because psionics the developers (laughs) (laughs) were were bought by epic games outright what do you think, Manos? I can already detect a, a hint of negativity well, in your your stance. Well, it's it's not like you can do anything about it if they got bought by Epic. But um, yeah, the the Epic Game Store has uh, not the best reputation. They don't seem to care too much because at this point the the Epic Game Store still doesn't have a shopping cart function or a wish list <laughs> or anything like that. So it seems like they're getting by fine without reacting to player feedback. But, um, yeah, the the whole exclusive steal, I mean, we talked about it last week, if I remember correctly. Um, the, the big console manufacturers opening up more with more PS4 exclusives coming to PC and more Xbox exclusives yeah. coming to PC and all that. And, um, yeah, with Epic, uh, the opposite seems to happen, and I'm not really a big fan of that. Luckily, I'm not into Rocket League. Um, played it a couple of times, and it is fun, but it's not lo- something I'm looking forward to booting up when I get home from work or something like that. It's uh, yeah. When someone asks me to to play around, I might say yes, or I might have something better to do. It's not my cup of tea exactly. What about you, TFX? Have you ever played like with your brother? I played last time I played Rocket League was like four years ago i was in i was in university if i remember correctly but it was a lot of fun but i mean i'm not i'm one of those people that don't mind using epic game store because i've used it 
a long time ago before Epic Game Store was announced. But man, why did they have to remove it from Steam Store? That's like a bad move. So I will clarify, people who own it on Steam will keep it on Steam, but it will no longer yeah. be able to be purchased. But on a plus side, at least me and my brother can play it again. Yes, because that is good. It. He's going to get it for free on Epic Game Store and have it on Steam. Oh, yeah. Does it have like a cross quote unquote platform? Yeah, interesting enough, Rocket League was one of the first developers uh, to push for cross platform between every single platform Switch, uh, PS4, Xbox One, uh, PC. and PC. So, yeah, there's definitely. It's going to be the same now with Epic, Epic and Steam. Yeah, there's already cr- t- tons of cross platform in there, but. Um, now you can only get it on the Epic Game Store after the next update. So if you want it, buy it now. <laughs> if you well, want it on Steam. I mean, when the announcement came that Minecraft was bought up by Microsoft, I was having a bad feeling about it. I was expecting um, a lot of exclusivity and things to get worse. And they actually still made it available for everyone. It's even on the PS4 still and gets all the updates. So uh, we'll have to see how this turns out. I'm not a fan of it going to the Epic Store exclusively, but since it's such an old game and people who want it probably already have it, um, it's probably not the biggest deal. As long as they keep supporting the Steam version, even if they're not selling it there anymore. They are, yeah. Yeah, plus, I mean, the game has been in so many bundles, like Humble Bundle, Humble yeah, Monthly, exactly. stuff like that. I think I got my copy when I bought the Steam controller. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's been in so many things that hopefully people who have wanted it have been able to get it by now. I probably own it myself. I need to check my... I mean, I definitely have it on the PS4, because like I said, I've yeah. played it before, but I might even have it on Steam as well. It might actually, and if you don't have it on Steam yet, it's. I think it was in one of the Australian relief bundles or the COVID bundle for hum, hum, Humble Bundle. Yeah, I, I definitely bought the, the COVID bundle, but I, most of those keys go into the giveaway key list I have. Yeah, definitely. And another reason that people are upset is they don't know what the fate of the Steam Workshop will be. Uh, people have enjoyed making sort of custom training slash custom game modes oh, that's a good point. Yeah. On, on the Steam uh, workshop, and it was really easy to distribute. Um, so they're unsure whether or not that will just get deprecated or what's going to happen there. Because apparently coming with the next update, Epic will be introducing like a workshop, um, sort of like Steam's with like upvotes, downvotes, comments, etc., uh, even though they don't have shopping carts yet. Um, but yeah, that's that's something people are worried about because they don't want to lose that aspect of it because it was really something that people in the community found enjoyable. Any other comments about this before I move on to the next topic? That just sucks, you know? Epic. Yeah. Epic's being epic. <laughs> in other Epic Games news, GOG Galaxy now has support for Epic Games to be added to their launcher. Um, so GOG Galaxy is now officially basically an all-in-one launcher, which like, I think uh, is kind of cool. Like my reaction is, oh yeah, cool, exactly like this. <laughs> um, a game that was recently shown off would be Star Wars Squadrons. It just got some more mm-hmm. gameplay, and the reception to it was honestly pretty positive. 
I remember playing the third-person versions back on the GameCube, and they were pretty fun. So I'm really hoping that Squadrons turns out to be something, especially for the fans who have been waiting for a new uh, X-Wing game uh, for the last probably 20 years, ever since DOS. Yeah. I'm- what do you think, Manos? I've seen a, a video from someone who got to play it early uh, about the customization in the game, and it seems to be insane how much you can adjust according to your play style, um, like the different um, deflector shields and the different weapons. And all of those weapons and all of those manufacturers, because there are different manufacturers for all the different systems, are actually canonically in the in the universe. So I think that's right. pretty interesting. TFX, what do you think? Have you been ever been a big like uh, sim fan? No, but I'm interested because it has VR support. Not at launch, though. They're mentioning that's going to come later. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm patient, but I mean, <laughs> look at the gameplay right now. With VR, is going to be amazing. This game is like Elite Dangerous, but more action-packed. That does sound pretty fun. Yeah, that's what I thought when I saw, or rather when I read that um, it won't have a third-person perspective it's all in first person and you can um getting back to customization there's um of course the components you can exchange to affect your gameplay but there's also um visual customization and not only the paint job but also things you can put in your cockpit like little holograms and little bubble heads and all that and bubble heads <laughs> I was immediate yeah exactly I, I i immediately thought this must be awesome with virtual reality yeah definitely yeah. So next up, we've got the spiritual successor to Jet Set Radio. It's called Cyberfunk, and it is made by the creators of Lethal League and Lethal League Blaze. But what really cemented people that this game might actually be a good spiritual successor is that they got the original composer, which was really important because people found that the music was actually one of the most interesting bits in uh, Jet Set Radio. What do you think, TFX? Have you ever played Jet Set? No, but I mean, I've heard of it before, but looking at the trail right now, it reminds me, reminds me of another game that was released on Steam. I'm not sure why it is. Would it be Lethal League Blaze? It looks a lot like Lethal League Blaze. Let me check. Because I played this game and it was a little bit boring, repetitive, because there's like open world and there's nothing else to do. I see. So hopefully it's not like this. Yeah, I hope not. Though people just enjoy, did actually kind of enjoy that. I mean, sort of goes back to not every game is meant for everyone, you know. People just like the relaxing nature of the collect-a-thon. Sort of like a Banjo-Kazooie, but with uh, parkour with roller skates. I mean, I get that, but I mean, some games did it way better than this. I mean, like Death Stranding, for instance. <laughs> <laughs> you should go back to Death Stranding every time, aren't you? You uh, don't don't forget that you have to disclaim how much they're paying you. Yeah, <laughs> we're not not sponsored by uh, by Sony or Death Stranding or Kojima or anything like that. Unfortunately, uh, TFX is just insanely in love with Death Stranding. Yeah. he likes walking with backpacks. Great game. And I mean, the screenshots you're constantly posting do look great. So I can fault they you. They do. Yeah, I thought it was pretty cool. Also, that it, they, the game wished you happy birthday. <laughs> oh, exactly. That was like, was there, like a fourth wall break there. Mads just holding the camera telling you happy birthday was like, what the hell? That's amazing. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, it's those small things sometimes, that polish, that does sound pretty cool. And that's really yeah. Kojima. I mean, the small details, definitely. that's that's just Exactly. It. Yeah, definitely. But uh, There's so, like a lot of details there, so which makes the game more worthwhile. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Back to Cyberpunk. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Kojima is known for his crazy stories, like... Uh, especially the story of Liquid Snake in the Metal Gear Solid franchise, considering he was like a double, 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 double agent or something like that, <laughs> by like the fifth game. Uh, yeah, I mean, Kojima is known for making those sort of mysterious stories, so hopefully his next project will be just as intriguing, though knowing him. Of course it will be. I mean, this game also has it, but it's too crazy. Yeah, uh, almost, almost, kind of dumb. <laughs> <laughs> almost and kind of. I mean, um, it's not like we could realistically expect anything else after some of the um, aspects of the Metal Gear franchise. But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. It seems like it's really over the top in places. Very, but, very um, yeah. it also seems a bit self-indulgent with all the personal friends of Kojima that have guest appearances in the game. Well, is doesn't have uh, any effect on the game. I mean, mm. in my opinion. The the protagonist though, Norman Reedus, is an actor who is his friend. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean talking about Kojima and Norman Reedus, I'm still so bummed out that Silent Hills never got a chance to shine because that playable teaser was so amazing. I mean, Resident Evil 7 gets a lot of praise and a lot of it is deserved, but I think that the playable teaser that we got um, was leaks ahead of that. Yeah, PT. Yeah. I don't know. What TFX? I mean, after playing some of the, watching some of the scenes in the game, I'm kind of relieved that Silent Hills is not meant to be. Why is that? Because there's like it's a lot scary. of crunch. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. That's kind of that's kind of Kojima's brand. Is it's like really kind of strange, but also kind of intriguing, but also kind of cringe. Maybe too complex. Maybe. Very. Yeah, like may- names. There's no, there's no, there's no guy named Frank or Sam or Frank. <laughs> it's like stupid um, names, but yeah, you know. <laughs> yeah, this has um, been an amazing tangent. But um, to get back to the original topic, I actually played the original Jet Set Radio Future on the Xbox, and um, I can get behind why some people really enjoy this because it's. I mean, it's a different experience, whether depending on whether you watch it or you actually play it, and it's got something that's really relaxing, soothing, and easygoing, and which was uh, pretty fun. You could design your own graffiti in that game, which was a bit of yeah. a pain with the Xbox controller with the <laughs> sticks, <laughs> but it, it's basically paint, but with the Xbox controller sticks. Uh, that sounds terrible. It is, but it was also really fun <laughs> yeah i can imagine i can definitely imagine hey speaking of graffiti um there's been a bit of uh controversy in the overwatch sphere because um the noose spray on the walls that you could do was removed and replaced with like a, a gravestone 
<laughs> Any thoughts Always, on this one? I mean, uh, which I forgot which uh, graffiti you're talking about exactly. Is it like Bushiro? I'm trying to remember. Remember, uh, this is McCree, the cowboy uh, from Overwatch. Uh, one of the sprays he could unlock was a noose, um, and I, I guess. Oh was, yeah! Oh man, they removed it. Oh, yeah, I, I guess they removed it probably because <laughs> people were using it in mean ways. I was. Oh man, that sucks. I always used it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I, that's kind of why it's controversial because you know pe- people liked it um, and it fit with this cowboy theme, but um, it was also kind of used as a way to grief people, which you know, made the games less enjoyable at times. I mean, but Grievous will always find a way to grieve other people and taking Honestly, out... Honestly, yeah. Taking out that graffiti is only going to hurt those that aren't Grievous, because the Grievous will find other ways and probably have already adapted the day it was changed, so... <laughs> if we're being honest, it's, it's, it's a form of censorship, and I don't like that. I understand. Who had the time to complain this? That's the question. Who, had, who, who was offended by it? I, I honestly have no idea. It was kind of out of left field from Blizzard. Although that's kind of Blizzard's like modus operandi at the moment. Their general philosophy is doing really weird things <laughs> that nobody wanted. And expected. Yeah, I mean, like I know there was controversy about Warcraft 3 Reforged, but that's for another day. <laughs> yeah, definitely. <laughs> this podcast, I think, might already be uh, getting you know long enough. Once by the time we finish it, we don't need to add Warcraft Three Reforged to the, <laughs> to the pile. Um, <laughs> so let's, because of that, let's uh, let's move on to the next topic. Logitech um, partnered up with famous chair maker Herman Miller to create a perfect gamer chair that supports your back and lumbar perfectly by sort of creating uh, the back piece out of smaller strips that, you know, conform to your posture. But the the main issue is, is that's got a $1,500 price tag. Menos, it looks like you got something to say. Um, nope. <laughs> oh, I, I thought mean, you did. I mean, it's, it's, it's a chair. It's, uh, yeah, cool. <laughs> But it's an expensive chair. I mean, I, I mean, um, I've got a new P- PC right now, and um, it's it's kind of a beast. It plays everything I've tried so far in the highest possible settings without uh, even getting close to overheating. Constantly above sixty frames per second, and I paid less for that than I would pay for that chair. So uh, no thanks. Oh come on! But what what's the big meme? Uh, the meme is something like improve your game by a gaming chair or something like that yeah but no thanks what about you tfx are you gonna buy this 1500 dollars gaming chair i mean i'm looking at it right now he already got it, it from kojima he's looking at it in real life <laughs> <laughs> uh, i mean looking at it right now it doesn't look that great i mean it's like it has like a backbone yeah, I mean that, that's kind of their it, its whole thing is that you know it, it it tries to really conform to your spine for maximum comfort. It's not like a racing game chair; it's more of like a a gaming office chair, the best of both worlds in a sense. I'll wait for like a ninety percent discount. Yeah, same. <laughs> yeah, I don't think that'll ever happen. Although I will say Herman Miller is known for being a rather 
quality brand. It's not like one of these brands that's just expensive because of the name. It is actually relatively well known for being pretty. It's going to last you a really long time. I hate his shares. To be honest. Oh, you've you've had Herman Miller shares? Oh wait, no, never mind. Rock chair. <laughs> I was going to say like uh, that's not been my experience from what I've heard from family members and reviews online i'm looking at his shares right now i think i have the same one as his <laughs> That's I, got like, I got like 450 bucks i don't know how uh, i don't know man don't ask me uh i'm glad that you got a really good chair though because it's not. Yeah. <laughs> okay not. well then <laughs> there goes our sponsorship with herman miller thank you tvx oh don't worry the, the, the herman miller chairs are actually very good but his chinese ripoff isn't Oh well, yeah, okay. There we go. It's saved, but I'm joking. We're not actually sponsored. Don't don't hit. This is a Chinese ripoff, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) No, but with that disclaimer out of the way, we might still have a chance to get sponsored by. (laughs) (laughs) Dude, I I I take a chairman. Yes, as part of a sponsorship, (laughs) talk about it. How how great it feels and all that. Sure. I just won't take uh, it for fifteen hundred bucks. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, though of course you know. We devils believe in uh, a fair contract, so you know we we got to tell the people how it is. So if it's as bad as the TFX Chinese version, uh, you know we, we don't we don't pull punches. You know? Exactly. So unless unless we got a good amount of money. Nope. For no, no, nope. not even then. No, in, nope. we are we have integrity. Okay. Integrity. Fine. Devils with integrity. <laughs> Gentlemen. <I> <laughs> I know, I know. It may seem like a, a bit of a strange concept, but hey, it's who we are. You know, the de- the devil, you know, gotta say, like, historically, according to the stories, the devil always fulfills the contracts to the letter. Not only not that, that not only that, but in Genesis, if we're talking Bible talk now, right now, <laughs> in Genesis, he's actually the only one who isn't lying. Because Eve is lying to God, God is lying to them, because he said that if you eat from the tree of knowledge, uh, you're going to die and all that stuff, and which isn't actually true. They just gain knowledge, and he banishes them from the from the Garden of Eden. And um, the devil is actually the only one who's honest in that story. So that's who we are. Yeah. Yeah, we're, we, we have brutal honesties. Uh, sometimes even to our detriment, we get thrown out of heaven for it. I don't, I don't know. We don't want to... <laughs> have a heaven honestly but i mean i mean i mean we haven't written nearly (laughs) enough reviews yet but our recent negative review streak i was gonna say we're on like a negative five streaks yeah exactly so um, (laughs) it's it's maybe gonna cost us some relationship with some developers and publishers in the in the future in the long run but yeah that's the price we pay if if a yeah. publisher doesn't want to provide us with keys because we honestly review their games and the games are just shit, then we're gonna buy the games <laughs> and review them badly anyway. Though Herman Miller, please send us chairs. Yeah, exactly. Your chairs are <laughs> probably great, and we'll give them good reviews if they deserve it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do it. Oh man. Yes, do it. If only we had our our man do the devil do here that would make a lot more sense to everybody yeah but something important um, came up so uh, as i can see he's yeah. still playing watchdogs too so <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah uh, you know maybe it was that last story mission man he just had to know how the game ended and you know just couldn't couldn't let it wait but 
Yeah, great guy, dude. Great guy. Avi, hope to have Avi uh, as a special guest later on, uh, but we'll have to see how his life goes, and I hope they're both doing well. Uh, next up would be Minecraft. Uh, I had always thought the main menu was just, I don't know, just images, but it turns out that it's actually sort of a world that was generated, and people have actually found two seeds with the exact same view so they found the main menu world seed, which was big news in the Minecraft universe <laughs> and fandom. TFX, have you, what do you think? You're a, you're a Minecraft boy, aren't you? Uh, like eight, eight years ago, maybe. <laughs> oh, come on. You played the Stranding. You can play Minecraft. <laughs> it's also a walking simulator, but you can also run yeah. in Minecraft. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. I'll see you later. All right, take care. No. <laughs> Um, i know i know it's not a huge amount of news i just thought it was interesting to bring up because it shows that uh it was just a developer having a bit of fun and you can actually visit the world that the screenshots come from if you still feel like so check them out Uh, i know pc gamer has an article i don't know who else has an article but definitely pc gamer so yeah look there it's not big news, like you said, but it surprised me as well. But because I also thought yeah. it was just a skybox that was created for the menu. Yeah. In weirder news, Gabe Newell has been stuck in New Zealand since the COVID lockdown started there. Um, <laughs> and in a f- gesture of thanks, he is making a free concert for them of a popular New Zealand band thoughts tfx i mean looking for spob <laughs> <laughs> yes one of our members spobbles uh who is one of our reviewers is uh from new zealand and he maybe might go to the concert well we'll have to report back to you if we uh hear anything else good about it i'm sorry to disappoint you but um he's definitely not going <laughs> Yeah, I know. That was what I was figuring, though. Because um, I think it's in... Where is it? In Auckland? I I think so. Something like that, yeah. Well, he said that he's never going to go to Auckland for (laughs) reasons that um, I I, I guess New Zealanders will understand. (laughs) Oh, okay. Yeah, so any New Zealanders, uh, free concert, but beware, it is somewhere potentially you may want to avoid. I don't know why. I'm... Not from New Zealand, but there you go. We've got a New Zealand perspective on it. And I just want to double check to make sure I know where it is so that I'm not providing false information in case you really, really, really want to go to this concert because I guess why not? It's free. Um, So this concert is... Yeah, it is Auckland. So definitely be cautious if you're from New Zealand and you are going to Auckland for the free concert. Send us pictures. Yeah, definitely. Yes. Yeah, so, yeah, we would love to hear, you know, if anyone listening is from New Zealand, we would love to hear uh, picture, hear pictures, ugh, uh, see pictures or, uh, you know, hear your account of what you think uh, the Valve sponsored, actually not Valve, but Gabe Newell sponsored concert was like uh, another event that is free to watch. It was the Ubisoft Forward that we just had recently, but they just announced that there will be another one in September, probably prior to the Watchdogs Legion and the Valhalla news to get some hype up. So TFX, what do you think? 
I don't think the only game I care about uh, from Ubisoft's future games is Far Cry 6. So if it's going to be there, then I'm definitely going to watch it. By you, Manos. Um, yeah, we we talked about Ubisoft last week, so um, not a lot has changed. I'm very interested in Watch Dogs Legion. Um, I'm mildly interested in Assassin's Creed Valhalla, a bit more than mildly. Um, but uh, other than that, um, not too much catches my fancy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't think so. I just thought I'd I report that maybe we'll get another free game. Who knows? I'm very, very skeptical about Legion. <laughs> so too good to be true. I know, I know. It's you know, I just I'm hoping, man. I I can hope. My dreams will be dashed, but I'm allowed to hope. Ah, I wouldn't go so far as to hope, but I'm cautiously optimistic. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds like hope to me. <laughs> Besides, uh, just waiting for them to say something to <laughs> something that's like. By the way, guys, we got rid of all of but two people, so <laughs> enjoy. <laughs> uh, <laughs> something like that. I don't know. Um, in another bait and switch, uh, according to recent news, the U.S. Army got in trouble because they were giving away like some HyperX Cloud Alpha 2s on their Twitch stream, which is apparently a thing. But it turns out the giveaway was actually not a giveaway, and it simply sends you to the sign-up page of the U.S. Army. <laughs> so... Um, that's the first I'm hearing about this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit of a weird story that I saw. Yeah, uh, also it was kind of weird to learn that the U.S. Army has a Twitch esports page. So, gadget um, guy, your thoughts on this? <laughs> um, bad. Not interested. Uh, I do sort of support the senator who put forth the bill that uh said the U.S. Army should not invest money in live streams. <laughs> <laughs> that just kind of seems ridiculous, in in my opinion. Um, I don't even know who would be live streaming or how. Uh, and, and certainly this sort of scam is not putting themselves in a positive light. Yeah, I would agree. So, yeah. Another thing that didn't put people in positive light was that the CEO of Ubisoft denied any knowledge of violent work culture and said he was very disappointed to learn that people had uh, betrayed his trust. Thoughts, Manos? <laughs> yeah, again, that's a topic we touched on last week. Um, I don't buy it. I mean, um, it, it must have been going on at least for a decade in that company and telling me that you had no idea this was happening in your own company. Um, yeah, I'm not buying it. If, you, if, if he truly had no idea this was happening, then that's just as bad as lying about it because uh, you should know these things. Yeah, what do you think, TFX? Do you have an opinion on it? Uh, it seems TFX has stepped away from uh, that. No, I mean, oh, I mean, oh, oh, he's back, he's back. I'm going to say the same with Manos here because, I mean, like a lot of people, like Stan, I'm thinking a lot of people covered it. I mean, I forgot his name. Wait a minute. Stanley? No. Stanley. Sterling. Yeah. Sterling. Sterling yeah, yeah, definitely. He yeah. talked about it a lot. Yes. He like made like two, like three videos now, just hammering it. 
Just yeah, they, they, they also make very, very sure they're, they're very deliberate about mentioning mentioning it on the podcast, the Jimquisition, every episode. So, And which I, which I actually support because uh, that's something that shouldn't be swept away by gaming news or something like that. And yeah, li like I said, the fact that he's now coming out saying that he had no idea and is very disappointed, it's just ridiculous. Uh, either way, yeah. if he's lying or... Uh, actually didn't know it puts him in a very, very bad light. Yeah, so our, our official stance, I guess, is uh, it was either negligence or being an accomplice, so we don't support it either way. Uh, next up would be a game from Devolver Digital, shown off at the Devolver Digital Expo, which you talked about last week. Carrion released a couple days ago, uh, two days in fact, and it has received very positive reviews from players, but some of the outlets kind of were like, eh, it's fun, but it doesn't really expand a lot upon its gameplay. So what do you, what do you think from what you what you have seen, Manos? Um, yeah, obviously I don't have it yet. Um, I'm going to try it eventually, but I'm not really um, keen on buying it right now with my current backlog. And Yeah, what about you, TFX? For me, I'm... It looks. I mean, from what I've seen, the launch trailer they had was looks really cool. Yeah, definitely. I am looking forward to to playing it on the Game Pass. Oh, that's right. I mean, look at it. It's like ninety five percent positive. I mean, at this point, like not a lot of people trust the outlets. I mean, yeah, they get like uh, SpongeBob the the remake low score. Well, everybody else gave it like a ten nines and eights. I was gonna say we have. Uh... You know, we can attest to that ourselves. We have two reviewers who have reviewed it, and they were both pretty positive about it. Yeah, exactly. It's uh, it seems like game journalism is going in a similar direction as um, the the critic scores on Rotten Tomatoes in terms of movies, where the critics always rate certain movies very high or very low, and the the audience seems to completely disagree, like with Captain Marvel or other examples. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, another Devolver Digital uh, game that's been showing up in the news lately has been Blightbound. Uh, this one is created by the developers of Awesome Knots, which was sort of like a 2D side-scroller MOBA game that I really enjoyed um, before they made the additional characters paid. But uh, this Blightbound is going to be like a 2D beat-em-up, but with RPG mechanics and Diablo-style loot. So, TFX, what do you think? Uh, at first, I heard you say Blight Town, so I was, I was I thought we were talking about Dark Souls for a second. <laughs> no, I know, I know, you're a Dark Souls junkie, but no, this is Blight Bound, Blight Bound, one word. Yeah, I've seen, <laughs> I've seen this in the expo, or in the expo, and yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's like it has a cool art style, and hopefully, it's gonna be in the game. Pass. Yeah, I was gonna say that the art style looks amazing. Definitely, looking like a review key. That would be fun. Dragon Age 4 is still in production. Good. Good. <laughs> not much to say on that. Uh, not a ton of news. Just uh, letting everybody know that it's still alive, kind I of. I mean, it's it's good to know that the franchise hasn't just silently died in a corner. Uh, but we're going to have to see. Because so far, the track record has been mixed. Um the second game wasn't very well received. I don't 
think it was as bad as people made it out to be, but it definitely has its flaws and diverges a lot from the rest of the series. But um, yeah, so far, um, this is the second um, game with an even number. So <laughs> we're going to have to see if uh, they show a similar pattern as the Windows versions where <laughs> the even games yeah. are always bad and the odd <laughs> games are always good. Yeah, let's let's hope that is the case. Please don't rush it, please. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we've yeah, mentioned although... this several times. If the game needs more time, delay it, because an unfinished yeah. game that is out on time for Christmas or whatever is always worse than a finished game that we have to wait another year for. You don't need another anthem. Yeah, I mean, they just showed off uh, Anthem 2.0 with pirates or something lately. I'm, but I'm not holding my breath for that specifically. Yeah. Either. Yeah, I've I've literally zero interest in Anthem at this point. Yeah. So uh you know, let's hope Dragon Age 4 is good considering it's under the same company EA as Anthem was. Yeah, exactly. So <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Uh next up is going to be uh Phantom Doctrine just got a sequel announcement. It was kind of a surprise to everyone. Uh, in case you don't know what that is, Phantom Doctrine was kind of an XCOM indie game, but it was sort of styled after Cold War espionage, and it was relatively well-received, but generally got negative scores just because it was rather repetitive in terms of gameplay. But um, hopefully the sequel is going to be much better. I know it was in the Humble Monthly bundle, back when it was a Humble Monthly and not Choice. Uh, TFX, have you ever played it? Yeah, I did, like, uh, this month. And I see why people don't like it. Aside from it being repetitive, it has, like, a lot of stealth. You don't have to kill everyone in the level. Because mm -hmm. pretty much your objective is... Whereas there's, there's assassination, of course, but there's, like, objectives you have to collect a file or folder and not get caught from cameras. <laughs> but I don't know if they're going to announce a new DLC for us, so... Looking no, a new a new game. New game. Yeah, yeah, it's a whole new sequel. The Cabal is its subtitle. Wasn't it released like a year ago? Damn. Okay. If, yeah, I know. I Phantom Doctrine found, feels pretty new, but yeah, there there's a sequel, and I hope it's good because the first game I kind of enjoyed, but you know, obviously there were some issues. So I'm hoping that the second game. Uh, will be much better. I will say that the combat was kind of interesting in the fact that you always hit your shots. It's just if you were behind cover, was whether or not it sort of glanced off of you or not. Looking at the store page, it looks more linear right now because yeah, hopefully not because I like the idea of to like uh, different narratives from the Russians and the U.S. spies. It's like a cool concept. So hopefully they're going to do that in the second sequel. Yeah, plus it was really cool that like there were all these like smaller agents you were fighting against. It wasn't just like four big bads and then you were left with um, fodder. But, you know, this one, it seems like every agent that you either killed or convinced to your side was meaningful in some way. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I'm rooting for them. Hopefully it's going to be good. I certainly hope so. Do you have any comments on that, Manos? Um, I'm going to rely on your judgment on that. Yeah, TFX and I are the turn-based strategy boys. So exactly. <laughs> I, think, I think you're in good hands. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. Intel 
first uh, 10 nanometer desktop CPUs are still a year away, and 7 nanometer is delayed again. Thoughts? Okay. I'm good. I, I guess you guys aren't really into the hardware scene as much as I am personally, but it just basically means that Intel's just falling further behind AMD uh, in terms of market share, especially because it's it's not like oh. I'm not, like I'm not interested in in the hardware, but um, it's kind of hard to keep track of all the new hardware that comes out, especially with the weird way that numbering works has worked in the last yeah. couple of decades and so yeah um, understandable entirely um, I'm, I'm not entirely up to date and i've never been a fan of intel so this kind of doesn't really concern me i'm yeah. i've always been an amd boy so <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so basically uh, intel is in a world of hurt and their products are not becoming competitive fast enough because they laid on they rested on their laurels and just you know didn't do any innovation at least they'll always have their onboard graphics cards <laughs> um yeah except uh amd just released the uh 4000 series of chips which is mobile apus so <laughs> they might lose that market too who knows yeah great <laughs> But speaking of AMD good news, AMD, for the first time in history, overtook Intel for share price on the U.S. stock market, which basically means people believe in them way more than Intel at this point. Yeah, makes sense to me. Which I've also been way ahead me- of the curve in that regard. <laughs> <laughs> uh, hopefully that means that they'll get more investment and stuff for R&D, because currently, if you compare... AMD to Intel. In, uh, AMD is about a tenth of the size and uh, in capital compared to Intel, though somehow that makes them make better CPUs at the moment. I don't know. I don't question it. I'm not them, but that just seems to be the case. TFX, what about you? Since you're looking at building a new uh, computer in the nearish future, and so am I. What are you? Uh, what are your thoughts? I mean, I'm still new to the field, so I'm gonna be. I mean, getting help from you guys, you and you especially, since you're the hardware geeks. <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you, Gadget, and uh, you as well helped me with my own new rig, because, like I said, I'm not up to date on all the different um, pieces of hardware and all the different, uh, the, the nomenclature, basically. So um, I'm really happy with what you suggested for me and with the PC I got. So, yeah, I'm, TFX, I'm you're in good glad. hands. <laughs> and I'm definitely going to shout out the YouTube channel, uh, Linus Tech Tips, as that is a great place that I and many others started to learn about uh, the intricacies of technology. So check them out if you ever want to learn more about it. Um, next up, 2K Games said they're going to start charging $70 per game instead of 60 on the next generation of consoles. Yeah, fuck them. <laughs> wow. TFX. Bullshit. <laughs> I mean, Microsoft well, made a claim like uh, this week that they're not going to raise their prices. So yeah. I'm not, not sure why 2K has to do it. Especially because I mean, NBA doesn't have anything new for the recent games. <laughs> yeah, since, we, I... since we mentioned Jim Sterling earlier, he made a video a couple of 
years, I guess, ago. It's it's already a, an older video um, called The $60 Lie, where he talks about um, how publishers defend themselves that they have to charge the high prices because they otherwise can't afford to make the games and all that stuff, and where he goes into detail why that is not true. And uh, I'm really looking forward to what he has to say about the $70 price tech because he's going <laughs> to love that. He's going to have a role with that. Yeah, honestly, I have to say, knowing him, probably nothing good. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, he'll, he'd probably have nothing good to say about that. Oh, $60 uh, myth, and, I believe, was the title. I'm not sure. Right yeah, and honestly, I have to say, I'm kind of um, disappointed myself because, yeah, there's really no need for it. It's not like I'm sure they'll make back the money they spent on it and more. So to just to raise the price, it just seems just greedy. Any other thoughts, TFX there? Or Manos? We were not uh, paying the future game $70. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. And um, interestingly enough, I just looked for the, the video in question, the $60 myth. It's been released two years ago. And um, if you hover over the thumbnail, you get a little snippet of the video. And interestingly enough, you, I see an NBA game there. So <laughs> <laughs> funny that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely funny that. Um, so I'll talk about some about. I have to go back to Phantom Doctrine. Turns out it's not turn-based game, not anymore. What did Cabal is different? Yeah. It's a third person has a third person tactical view. Oh, that's interesting. That's ew. It's gonna be like what almost killed the XCOM franchise. Yeah, I was gonna say that's gonna piss XCOM declassified. That's how is that gonna satisfy anyone? Because people who aren't interested in the XCOM game style won't know the first game, and the fans of the Phantom Doctrine are gonna be likely pissed off by that. I yeah, I didn't realize that. Thank you for reporting that TFX. Man, that is. That is disappointing news for me personally. Exactly. Well, weird decision. Yeah, definitely Hopefully. a weird decision. Not one I agree with. I was interested in the game because it was turn-based. and. Uh, exactly. But now it's third person? How's yeah. Work? I'm actually not interested in the slightest now. So I hope that change goes well for them. I I don't foresee it doing well. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. A big showcase came out this week uh, for Xbox. It was the Xbox Game Showcase. They showed off a lot of indies, a lot of you know partnered stuff. Uh, the first game that was showed off was Avowed, uh, Obsidian's own take on a first-person RPG. <laughs> that sub, that yeah, I'm sure Manos is laughing because it was dubbed a Skyrim-like. Yeah, based on the so. based on the uh, non gameplay video that showed a first person perspective, sword and spell at the end, Skyrim yeah. like great. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I don't it's, know if it's Skyrim. It's too bad we don't have Avi on the post- podcast at this point because he is loving that nomenclature. <laughs> yeah, he, he definitely was not a fan. Now there were a lot of people, and uh, I don't know. I I hope the game is good. As you mentioned, it's just a cinematic trailer. Uh, not much was really said about it. Uh, what do you think, TFX? What did you think of it? Have you seen it yet? Yeah, I did. But I mean, I thought they showed. I mean, why not? I think they showed the gameplay like the last three seconds. Oh, is this another um, one of those uh, gameplays like uh, <laughs> Assassin's Creed Valhalla? There were three seconds of gameplay. 
You just can't see them. <laughs> I mean, I, I gotta say, I'm I'm actually very interested in the game. Um, all jokes aside, because um, Obsidian isn't to blame for the game being labeled as a Skyrim-like. Uh, that's on yeah. game journalism. Um, but the game looks interesting on the little bits we've seen, and Obsidian has a good track record so far. So, um, and another thing that's very interesting is that the this new game actually has all the law already in place because it's based on the Pillars of Eternity series. Oh, I didn't know about that. That's pretty interesting. So, if you played the first two Pillars of Eternity games or want to get into it right now before the game comes out, uh, this is a good time to start and. Yeah, it's the same world, and the some of the things you can see in the trailer and the the little bit of uh, voiceover at the end um, hints at a specific goddess in the world of Pillars of Eternity, which is uh, it looks like it's going to be a very interesting story. So, yeah, I'm looking forward oh. to it. Yeah, so am I. But I'm I'm like Manus. I'm not. I mean, I'm, I'm actually not really looking forward to the game. Because I play, I was I'm not one of the people that really liked uh, our worlds that much. Weren't you going to leave the podcast? Why are you still on? I'm <laughs> just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> hey, shh, sh- that's for later. That's for later. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, there was. Yeah, I I I thought it was interesting. I can't wait to see it. Uh, um, Obsidian made the last good Fallout game. Um. Uh, <laughs> Uh, sure. accor- yeah, according to many sources, according to many sources, I don't know. Uh, I haven't played enough of the games to really form an opinion. I, I have um, to say that Fallout 4 isn't as bad as some people say. Um, yeah, I don't think so either. But it's it's actually a yeah. decent Fallout game. Um, but most of the fun for me and many others came from the the settlement building. So, um, w- which isn't really. <laughs> that much fallout so it's it's a decent game and it's a bit less than decent fallout but uh, it's fun overall so. coming in yeah. not a killer not a fallout killer no definitely not yeah yeah definitely not uh next up Balin wonderland uh this one actually did get some hype because it was created by the creator of an old cult classic dreamcast game called nights into dreams but what really caught my eye was that it reports to have over 80 costumes each with their own abilities that will be used in puzzles and that's that's a lot of abilities honestly yeah i hope that means that the game will be very lengthy because otherwise i don't see how that's going to work yeah what do you think tfx are you platformer kind of guy yeah, but uh, the game didn't really hold my interest that much. So, not really yeah. interested. Okay. I, I have to say, I I really enjoy when people put twists on um, 3D platformers. Like, I, I don't specifically enjoy them just in and of themselves, but I like, like, Mario Odyssey, and I still, I'm still interested in playing A Hat in Time. Like, these games where you've got, like, some transformations that assist with puzzles, I, I think are interesting to me so i i can't wait to play it personally yeah i i definitely agree on that um and not even in the in the 3d platformer genre but uh, in general like um 
for some reason, I just got reminded of um, the two Legend of Zelda Game Boy games or Game Boy Color games, I think, Oracle of Seasons and Oracle of Ages, where you had to manipulate time, basically, to solve the puzzles, which was also very interesting. And those twist mechanics, like you said, make the games really stand out. Yeah, definitely. Uh, next that was shown off was Exomecha, a uh, first-person shooter... Uh, online multiplayer game which we don't have enough of those already um but honestly what sort of interested me in it was that a it's got missile riding like as a feature which was kind of bizarre but kind of interesting in the trailer uh well, b it's D- got... dmc5 oh, did it ahead. first <laughs> <laughs> uh b it's got giant mechs uh like in titanfall and C, they added a giant, even bigger Mecha Dragon. So my interest is peaked, though I don't know how much I will actually play it because I'm not that big into multiplayer uh, shooters. What do you think, uh, TFX? I think, yeah, I'm into, also, I'm not really into multiplayer shooters, but I'm interested because it reminded me of Crisis and Titanfall. Yeah, yeah, that was exactly what I was thinking. So yeah, hopefully it's free. Yeah. Game. <laughs> yeah. What do you think, Menos? Yeah, I have to agree. I'm not really into multiplayer shooters, but um, I had a lot of um, Transformers vibes when I saw it because those mechas—they yeah. don't really look like the the bulky, slow-moving. Well, well, not really slow-moving, but um, not very agile uh, mechas you see in something like uh, Titanfall, but they actually look like like the Michael Bay Transformers with the shields and swords and with the dragon and all that, and it looks amazing. And while I'm, while it's not one of the more important things, the the graphics also look very amazing. The, the trailer we saw is representative of what the game will actually look like. So, yeah, my interest is peaked. Uh, while it's not exactly my genre, I'm definitely going to give it a go. Um, I don't see myself being someone who invests um, hours and months and years in, in that game uh, simply because it's a purely multiplayer shooter, but it looks yeah. very interesting. And I'm actually looking forward to maybe having having a session on the server. <laughs> So yeah, that devil's would be pretty play, fun. maybe, maybe. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm, I'm actually kind of hoping for it, be, that it's pretty good, because uh, I've been, well, I used to play Battlefield Five, but they recently dropped support for that, and I was kind of looking for a multiplayer shooter to sort of fill the void. Uh, and I think this one, considering it's got giant mecha dragons and like really cool mecha first person combat i i just think that it might it might be worthwhile to play in the long run so next up there was a bit of confusion regarding the dragon quest 11 s reveal at the xbox game showcase because it's already on pc but this is specifically the um this is specifically the version that has like upgraded stuff in it that was initially only on switch and this particular version it's not explained whether or not it's going to come to steam or it's only going to be available in the microsoft store 
So people weren't really sure what to think of it, you know. Uh, so what do you think, Manos? Um, I haven't he- I hadn't heard about that, so um, this is news to me. Um, yeah, <laughs> as long as we can tell what's actually going to happen, I I don't have too much to say. I'm hoping that because we mentioned this earlier, exclusivity I think hurts the the gamers more than anyone. So I'm hoping that it's going to be on Steam and. It's not going to be exclusive to the Microsoft Store, but uh, we'll have to wait and see, I guess. Yeah, I mean, it just has to be an update. I hope. I hope it's not going to be a, you know, big old rigmarole thing. Like maybe they give you like a key that you have to put in the Xbox Store or something. I don't know. We'll have to see. We'll have to see. Uh, yeah, exactly. I'm. I'm just hoping really... it's not a similar situation situation to Rocket League. So. Yeah, so I'm I'm hopeful that it'll just come to Steam and everyone will be happy. Uh, Rare finally showed off a new IP that actually looked interesting in a long time called Everwild, but it was just a cinematic trailer and it was going to be people working with animals or something like that it really the graphics the graphical style really sort of amazed me but i was a bit scared i was a bit scared to hear though that later reporting found that there's no gameplay in development yet what like (laughs) yeah it's it's apparently still in the prototype phases and they don't even know what like rare doesn't even know what kind of game it's going to be yet oh that's so Yeah, that that was kind of concerning because the graphics are there, but man, I, they, even the developers don't know what kind of game it's going to be. That's kind of and not just the graphics. I mean, the the art style is just amazing. I watched that trailer and I was immediately wanting to have that game. So yeah. now you got me worried. <laughs> You're Hopefully welcome. Get, Hopefully, we not get like another Sea of Thieves launch. Oh yeah, yeah. That, was, that was rare as well. You're right. Yeah, yeah I, for, I forgot about that. Rare does not look like how they used to anymore. That's true. Yeah, graphics, both games, especially like yeah. the facial animations and all of that. So hopefully they take their time with this one. Yeah, not I hope they that. they learned their lesson. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I hope they learned the right lessons because um, that's that's why I said I I don't too much want to support those games that get released unfinished and then maybe get fixed after launch because um, they may have taken the lesson that, yeah, well, Sea of Thieves is still around and kicking and we get our money and now we released it on Steam and get more money so we can do it like this always. (laughs) That's uh, the lesson I'm hoping they didn't take. Yeah, Sea of Thieves also has 15 million active players and 1 million of specifically Steam players. So... Don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Just thought I'd point that out. Uh, Next game that was shown off then was Echo Generation. It's got weird voxel graphics that I haven't seen in a long time. Sort of the ones that people thought would be of the future, but quickly died off. And it's a turn-based RPG in sort of a vein of Earthbound. Sort of looked like Stranger Things, but it's got like Earthbound combat and kind of weird art style, personally, I found. Manos, your thoughts? I I don't really know what to think about that yet. In terms of the 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 world and the concept, it looks really interesting. Like you said, it has this Stranger Things vibe, but um, I'm not really sure what to think about it yet because I need to see how 
the actual gameplay is because we don't actually see what the main focus of the gameplay will be so yeah there was there was a little bit of rpg in there but besides that yeah it was, it was kind of um it wasn't really noticeable what it was going to be yeah exactly i mean we if i remember correctly there's a bit of um stealth going on in there but i'm not too sure yeah that's right because there was like the giant like metal gear mech yeah exactly um and it was looking for you and you had to hide behind boxes or something like that and it was uh yeah it, there was like stealth it was kind of an odd combination because it was like earthbound plus inside yeah and and like you said the art style is something to get used to yeah because they aren't voxels which is yeah exactly strange. tfx what did you think of it did you do you, did you see the trailer yeah, i mean remind me of uh, bell chasers it has like a similar Mm-hmm. Uh, gameplay mechanic. We have you can walk around and and during bells we have this type of bell. So yeah, I'm looking forward to it, especially with the art style it has. Yeah, I can definitely see that. Uh, then there was Hello Neighbor Two. Uh, it's the sequel to the stealth adventure game Hello Neighbor One, <laughs> um, which already has um seven versions on Steam, and really didn't have a conclusion to the story. Uh, and what was also kind of sad was they kept like Matt Pat from game theory did a couple theories on it, but then like after he was pretty much done with the game, the official Twitter kept like tweeting at him trying to get him to do like another episode. I don't know. It was, uh, that was really weird. Yeah. Yeah. That, that was honestly kind of strange, but I, I'm honestly not very hopeful. I didn't hear very good things about the first game, especially considering there are seven versions of it. And I'm not hopeful for the second game. <laughs> and, like, I, I also don't understand how the crow relates to the neighbor guy, because the crow took up most of the, the trailer. But I, like, in the original game, it was mostly the, the neighbor following you, so I have no idea, like, what is happening in terms of story. Feels like they make stuff go along. Yeah, I. I'm just. Again, I'm not... just looking forward to the Brent Lee cameo. So, uh, oh, that that's not the kind of crow you're talking about. I say, I see. <laughs> oh, oh well, yeah. See, now it's even more of a disappointment. <laughs> uh, yes. Halo Infinite looks interesting. Is apparently the last Halo in a very long time, and instead they will just release. Um, some sort of like DLC packs every once in a while to add like new stories and stuff. What are your thoughts, uh, Menos? Um, yeah, we have uh, we've had many announcements like that in the in the last couple of years with the live service model and games that will be supported for years and years to come. Um, some of which have turned out to be not supported for years and years to come, so I'm a bit skeptical about it. I'm also not too sure what to think about the Halo franchise getting in what appears to be an open-world game, um, because uh, I have always been playing Halo games for the narrative, uh, which was kind of linear, which worked very well, and I guess we'll have to wait and see how well it's going to work in this vastly different context of an open world game uh, in the Halo franchise. Yeah, what do you think, TFX? Yeah. 
I mean, I've still yet to play the other Halo games first, but looking at it, there's something off of, about the gameplay. I mean, maybe it's just me, but... It reminded me a lot of Bulletstorm, actually, with the grappling hook. Oh, being able yeah. To, like, <laughs> push and pull people into environmental objects. So that was that was kind of weird to see Master Chief doing that with, like, a wrist-mounted grappling hook. Hopefully so I guess... Change. Oh, go ahead, TFX. Hopefully it'll change at the end. It's not... Yeah, we'll have to see. World. Yeah. I mean, personally, uh, I've been very disappointed in Halo Five as well. So, I'm not especially in a in a hype mood when it comes to new Halo material, anyway. But like I said, um, the change of direction—I don't know whether that's a good or a bad thing. Yeah, is Halo Five on PC? Not yet, or... I believe. Maybe uh, they'll add it with the Master Chief Collection at some point. Yeah, I think so. That's probably what's going to happen. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Uh, State of Decay 3, I thought the second game wasn't finished yet, and they announced the third one. The lady screamed at wolves, which hurt my ears and made me dislike the trailer. <laughs> uh, it was only cinematic, and there was a cool zombie deer. Honestly, other than that, there wasn't much to comment on. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure what you mean about the second one not being finished, because it's been out for a couple of years, but... If you mean that it felt a bit unpolished and unfinished, then I'm definitely there with you. I mean, State of Decay 2 was something I was very much looking forward to because I liked the first game. It's actually interesting to have one of those games with a permadeath mechanic, but, um, well, you have a group of survivors in that game and you can expand that group by rescuing survivors and you can play as either of them. Um, but if one of them dies, they remain dead, and um, you can then play as someone else just and and pick up the loot that the other one dropped. So that's kind of interesting because there have been games with a permadeath mechanic where where a character could die forever. But in in the games that I've previously played, that would would work very differently because in this game, the other people just go on. Yeah, if if you know what I mean, it's 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 not like um, um, an XCOM game, for example, where you are basically the commander ordering your units around. Because um, in the State of Decay, you take control of that particular character in third person perspective and become that character for a while and until he dies, or you return to the base and use someone else because the other one has to rest or something like that. And State uh, of Decay 2 has basically just been more State of Decay but in a different paint job. It didn't really add anything new to the gameplay, so I was a bit disappointed mm. in that, and if State of Decay 3 is just more State of Decay, then, yeah, I'm not going to be buying it. Yeah, what do you think, TFX? Uh, adding to what Manus said, <clears throat> I love the first game very much, but once I heard that the second one is going to be like is the same as the first. I wasn't really interested. Mm. When I saw a trailer with the, like coming by surprise, it's like I yeah. they have to have they're gonna add like a new enemy type that's interesting at least. So yeah, yeah. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. After that, they then showed Forza Motorsport. Uh, it was simply cinematic. There was absolutely no info. I don't have much to say about this one, honestly. Same. Me <laughs> it's just the same. Moving on. Uh, Tell Me Why, an episodic, an episodic adventure coming out summer 2020. Uh, it was only cinematic. There was really no gameplay shown. Uh, and 
what was supposedly interesting about it was that the mom was hunting the kid, which is part of the mystery. Um, TFX, what are you? Is that the game made by the Life is Strange people? I think so. TFX, what do you think? I mean, I don't like that. I mean, first of all, I appreciate all indie developers out there, but don't nod the people who are making this game and Life is Strange always have awful lip sync. Like, awful. So it's just version breaking. So when I saw the trailer, I was like, yeah, no thanks. I see. Manos, what are your thoughts? Um... I have very mixed feeling on the Life is Strange. The first Life is Strange. I haven't played the second one yet. But I can see that this this Tell Me Why looks um, very similar in terms of tone. Yeah, so I'm going to pass on that. Too. Yeah, same. So, um, uh, like I said, I have mixed feelings on Life is Strange, but more leaning towards the negative. Because I, I when I started playing the game and the first um, the first time loop happens, um, the first use of her abilities. I was very interested. I was I was kind of hooked, but then it became it basically devaluates the the decisions you can make in in the gameplay because you just try both ways by reversing time and then take what whichever suits you better, uh, which is kind of interesting on in in concept um, on paper, but uh, it it really made the gameplay kind of meaningless. Because whenever you made a bad decision, you just revert and try the other round. Yeah, definitely. Um, next up, we've got... Uh... And I have to agree that the lip sync isn't really good. Yeah, yeah. Outer Worlds is a new DLC. It's sort of parody to Fallout trailer, trailer I noticed. And it's even in a casino, uh, like New Vegas. Or TFX, you, you go first. I mean, yeah, it's, the lo- trailer looks good, but I'm still waiting for it to come PC so I can fully play it. Because I didn't finish the first Outer Worlds. Didn't really, wasn't really motivated to finish it. So I'm looking yeah. forward to, to release on Steam with the DLC. But yeah, for the looks of it, it looks fun. And yeah, I can't, I can't wait until it's on Steam either. Um, yeah, same. Should be on Steam around October sixth ish, because they said it would be exclusive for a year and then it would come to Steam. Mano, so the man who uh played it, what do you think? <laughs> the man who played um I mean I uh played the original one on, on the Xbox on the Game Pass and I actually enjoyed it. Um it does have its flaws, but I think it's got a lot of potential. I mean it as as the first game game in a in a new franchise. And um, yeah, this um, this new bit of content in that world we're we're getting now looks like it's going to be fun. So, but again, like you two said, um, I'm waiting for it to actually release on Steam um, because I wanna because I wanna not just play it but possibly review it. And um, I'm not really keen on getting back into playing on on console. Um, because uh, it was nice to get the game uh, included in the Game Pass, but I'm not too sure this um, this expansion will be included in the Game Pass as well. So, yeah, if I'm going to uh, buy it, I'm going to buy it for Steam. So, is basically what I'm saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Next up is Grounded, another Obsidian game. Uh, it kind of had gameplay, uh, not a lot, honestly. The jokes were kind of enjoyable, but it's made by Obsidian, so it makes me hopeful. What do you think, uh, TFX? I'm not really interested on the gameplay. I mean, and don't really like it, so I'm gonna pass on it. So, 
Yeah, what about you, Menos? Um, it reminds me of um, yeah, I don't know the the English title of that movie <laughs> that uh, Darling, I Shrunk the Kids. Oh yeah, yeah, Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. Honey, exactly. I Shrunk the Kids, exactly. Um, which is is kind of interesting in its own way. Yeah, As Dusk Falls. It's an adventure game. It was only a cinematic trailer, and apparently it was so forgettable because I don't even remember it. Any either of you remember it? Because I certainly don't. No, not at all. I actually had to look it up as, when you mentioned the name, so uh, I guess we all agree. <laughs> yeah, I hope it does well, but it really did not stand out to me in any way. Yeah, uh, Psychonauts 2 had an interesting trailer. They simply did a music trailer. Um, it had Jack Black, a tiny, tiny three seconds of gameplay, and uh, that was about it. Not something I'm super interested in. I didn't know if either of you were either. What do you think, TFX? Didn't like the first one, so not really interested in that one either. Okay, what about Menos? Same, actually. I wasn't a big fan of the first one. Uh, it's just not my cup of tea. I mean, uh, seeing Jack Black in a game is is nice, I guess, after Brutal Legend. But Brutal Legend was also <laughs> a very mixed bag. So. Um, also produced by Double Fine. Yeah, exactly. But um, <laughs> it it had some really great ideas, but uh, tried to shove in too much at once, and when it turned into uh, basically uh, a mixture of third-person uh, third adventure, action adventure, and uh, RTS, it got a bit. I don't know. It 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 lost its charm, basically. Yeah. Warhammer Forty Thousand Dark Tide. It's basically Vermintide, but in the Warhammer Forty uh, K universe. I'm interested because I like Forty K. Other than that, they showed off no gameplay, so I'm like meh. I'm interested because it's like Vermintide. <laughs> yeah, I'm interested because of both of those reasons. <laughs> yeah, although I'm I'm kind of unhappy lately with Fat Sharks, the developer's um, DLC policy. There's been a lot of DLC lately for the second one, so I'm sort of skeptical a little bit. So we'll have to see how that turns out. Hopefully it's good. I'm definitely hopeful it's good. Uh, Stalker 2 showed off a cinematic, nice visuals, anomalies are still there, weird fetish jars, and it was reported that it's still in pre-production, so uh, all that could potentially change. TFX, sound like you had something you want to say? Yes, can't wait. I love <laughs> Stalker. So uh, it's like my top wish list. Uh, I can't um, wait to hear what you think then. I don't think it's going to be on Steam, though, which is, which is a shame. So, Well, I got but a bit I mean, of... Play on Game Pass, so... Yeah, I was going to say, uh, just as a reminder, all of these games that are mentioned about the Xbox Game Showcase will be on Game Pass when they come out. So, you know, add to the value. Check them out. Uh, the Gunk was another 3D platformer. Uh, wasn't too interested. It's like platform and suck up Gunk. It's from developers of SteamWorld games, like SteamWorld High, Steam Dig, and all of that. So it has really, like, I didn't realize cool. that. Yeah, I mean that's like a similar art style between those mm. games. Yeah, what do you think, Menos? Yeah, I mean those developers are what get me interested in the game because um, seeing the the gameplay material, uh, the game material on its own. Um, doesn't get me that hyped, but uh, with the SteamWorld franchise, um, that actually gets my hope, hopes up. So I'm looking forward to yeah. seeing more of this game. I am as well. 
Uh, next up, a somewhat good surprise is that uh, Watch Dogs Legion it had a cinematic. It was a little edgy with the, like lots of swearing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also meant that Watch Dogs Legion, when it comes out, is coming to Game Pass. So there's that. Oh, really? Oh, yeah, I've got it. Damn. Yeah, they said that it, Yeah, they said that everything in the show was coming to Game Pass, and since Watch Dogs Legion was in there, it means it's coming to Game Pass. Yeah, that's so. true. Hopefully you can add for PC. Hopefully. Hopefully, yeah, definitely hopefully. Yeah, if not, um, if not, I'm gonna give it a go on on the Xbox One, definitely. But um, I'm, yeah, I ha- I have to try that game. Um, but I hope it's gonna be on PC. And if it's actually yeah, good, I'm willing to invest money to buy it in case it ever leaves the Game Pass. So they better not fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, just um, Epic. Yeah, I but you know I I don't particularly like Epic, so I just buy it on UPlay. Because you play is not, <laughs> yeah. It's it's not that you play is surprisingly not that bad. I mean, it's certainly not like Origin, uh, which is a little intrusive, in my experience. Uh, next up was Fantasy Star Online Two New Genesis. I guess it's Fantasy Star Online Two, but with new gameplay and visuals, hack and slash has huge bosses. I felt kind of meh about it, honestly. Um, that was yeah. coming in. Um, interested in that game that looks too colorful like it's <laughs> too colorful yeah for tfx's taste considering he really enjoys death stranding and stalker <laughs> <laughs> great town tfx huh? i'm sorry man no, that's uh, okay. <laughs> um i actually like the franchise um i haven't to play too many of them because most of them didn't make it to the west but I don't know. It's it's uh, for me. It's mostly nostalgia, I guess, because uh, some of the older games I really enjoyed back when I was more into these colorful games. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. Um, this one looks like it's gonna really catch the spirit of the original one. So that's gonna yeah, be. I interesting. hope it's good. I might play it. I might. I just you know haven't decided yet. Uh. The Medium, it's an adventure game and boasts two different worlds simultaneously. What happens in one happens in the other. Uh, it's also horror. I don't know. I didn't feel too strong about this one. I'll definitely play it, though. It looks really interesting, especially that two-world thing. It has yeah. like a, for some reason, it has a Silent Hill vibe. It does, yeah. yeah what do you think, Manos? Exactly. Um, basically, what, what TFX says, that... Uh, that mechanic with the two worlds affecting each other is uh, something I'm really interested in. So it looks good. Yeah, I hope it is good. Well, I don't think personally I'll be interested in it. Uh, Fable. They finally showed off uh, a kind of trailer. Uh, maybe it's a potential reboot. Uh, I thought it. I thought its darker tone was a fun twist with the fairy getting eaten by the frog. What do you think, Manos? Are, were you a fan of Fable? Um, yes, actually, but I always had a very, um, I had mixed feelings uh, about the the game, the the franchise as a whole. the The third game wasn't really great, and after that, um, they kind of abandoned the franchise and just did some little experiments with different genres in in the franchise. Um, 
I really loved the first game and was really addicted for to it for a very long time. So I'm actually hoping it's a bit of a of a reboot, maybe soft reboot, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm watching the development of that game with um, with excitement, basically. Yeah. What do you think, TFX? I'm not really into Fable, but the trailer held my interest, so looking forward to it. Yeah, and that like that, that kind something. of macabre <laughs> humor with the the frog eating the fairy—that's typical of the of the franchise. Yeah. So I guess that's a Peter Molyneux thing. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Uh, the last topic we really have to talk about today: Tetris Effect Connected. I just want that game to come to Steam because I love Tetris. That uh, was probably my least favorite trailer, though, because I had no idea what it was at first, because it was just people singing the Tetris theme, um, and that was about it. And I, yeah, it was just very confusing at first. What do you think, TFX? I played the Tetris effects on VR, and it was pretty pretty cool. So looking forward to this one too. Yeah, yeah. Tetris Effect is very interesting as it takes a very different spin on this very, very old and known game. Um, So I'm also looking forward, but I also have to agree that this that trailer, that presentation was really, really misleading and or not leading at all, probably. Um, And yeah, it was definitely the worst trailer of them all. Yeah. Forward to now, the music, though. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's one of the people yeah. reason people's love it, is that music. Uh, I just want to give a quick shout out to uh, Summer Games Done Quick. They're a speed running uh, charity stream. They're doing it online this year on August 16th. And I just want to make sure that everyone knew about that. So head on there that day. It'll be like a week long speed runs before we got to the outro. Uh, this is has been Devils in the Podcast. As I said, we're a production of the review group Devils in the Detail. Uh, you can find us on Steam on our curator at uh, Devils in the Detail. Uh, and our Discord invite link is discord.com forward slash invite forward slash capital M C capital G P X C capital U. You can also find that Discord invite link in on the front page of the Steam group because that's a lot easier, actually. Yes, yeah, it is much easier just to click it. Yeah, uh, thank you, Menos. Thank you, TFX, for joining. Any closing thoughts? Uh, thanks for having us, and it was really fun. I mean, this is my first podcast I was in, so it was really fun. Yeah, thank you for being here with us, Menos. Any closing thoughts? Yeah, um, I have to agree. Thanks for having us. Um, thanks for being here, TFX. Um, it's also the first podcast for us, even if it's the second episode, but the last one was actually just a test recording, which then became our first episode. So we're all pretty new to this. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Oh yeah, And um, hopefully we'll, we can have you on again. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, that'd be awesome. Uh, you know, so listeners, thank you for turning, turning in. We know you took time out of your day to listen to our podcast. So thank you. I hope you will continue to enjoy the podcast, and we'll see you next week when we are summoned again.